peace of our Lord be with you. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Every three years, the lectionary places in the path of the church throughout the world those words from today's gospel lesson. But this time, for the first time, when they rolled back around, they kept calling back to my mind that unforgettable sentence from the farmer poet Wendell Berry who once said a young man leaps and lands on an old man's legs. When I was a young man leaping off into life I knew exactly what this passage and every passage with a furnace of fire in it meant. But now that I'm landing, I'm not so sure. When I was a young man, I only thought what I had always been taught, which was that whenever I encountered encountered a furnace of fire, such as the one which burns in this morning's gospel lesson, that fiery furnace was shorthand for hell. And hell was, as I understood it, the endless torment to which every person is headed from the moment of their birth, unless at some point in their life they ask Jesus into their heart. If you believe what Christians believe about Jesus, you don't go to hell. And if you don't, you do. That was what everyone I knew believed about judgment and the furnace of fire. So it is what I believed as well. I had my questions about it, of course. Who could not, if you really sit and think about that way of believing? One of my questions formed relatively early for me as I imagined a German, Christian, baptized church member serving as a prison guard at Auschwitz. 
and on his death, waltzing right on into heaven because he was a Christian. While the godly Jews he helped to murder were forever in hell because they weren't. Even as a young person, that question was large in my heart and mind. But as Barbara Brown Taylor once said about one of her formative congregational experiences, I grew up in a church that would answer all of my questions. They just told me which questions I could ask. But though the questions were there, and though it not only did not make sense to me, it didn't ring true to me to believe that way about judgment. All I knew to think was what everyone around me thought. So that is what I believed. Until I actually read the entire Bible for myself. And then, upon actually reading the Bible for myself, I discovered that while in the Gospel of John, Judgment Day and eternal destiny do seem to be about what people believe about Jesus, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Judgment Day and Eternal Destiny are about not what people believe, but about how people live. One example of which is this morning's passage from Matthew, where those who go to the furnace of fire are not unbelievers, but evil doers. All of which is to say that when it comes to the subject of judgment, the Bible speaks with varied voices. To read the Bible, I mean to actually, literally sit down and read every word in the Bible, is to no longer be able to deny that. It is there. All of those varied voices are there, sometimes pointing to what we believe as the critical question on Judgment Day, sometimes pointing to how we live as the deciding factor on Judgment Day, and sometimes pointing past both, pointing past both our faith and our works to God's grace. In verses such as Romans 11.32, which says that God has included all in sin so that God can include all in mercy. And 1 Corinthians 15.22, as in Adam, all die, in Christ all will be made alive. Colossians 1.20, through the cross God reconciled the whole creation to God's self 
And of course, Acts 3.21, which says that Jesus is in heaven waiting for the day when God will bring about the universal restoration of all. So, what will be the deciding factor on Judgment Day? What we believed or how we lived or what God wants? This is one of those subjects where we get to do what I call reading the Bible until we lose our voice. Read the Bible long enough on this subject and you will eventually lose your voice. Whatever is your loudest, most certain and absolute voice, Read the Bible long enough and you will lose it. And instead of talking about what we know for certain and sure, we will be left with a different kind of voice. One in which we speak not of what we know, but of what we hope and of what we believe. I cannot speak for you, but as for me, what I hope and what I genuinely believe about judgment is that because sin is so bad, we cannot have grace without judgment. And because God is so good, God will not have judgment without grace. It's all the voice I have left on that subject. When you think about how much evil there is in the world, injustice, oppression, discrimination, violence, all the ways that people are hurt and harmed, then it seems to me that sin is so bad that we don't get to have grace without judgment. When you think about the deepest and highest and best that we know about God, it seems to me that God will not have judgment without grace, which is why I count myself among those who not only hope but believe that hell will someday be empty. 
because I believe that if anyone were to remain in hell forever, then that would mean that sin, rejection, and human free will were ultimately and eternally stronger than the will of God, which is something I simply cannot bring myself to believe. I just don't believe that our free will is more important than God's free will. Rather, I believe that ultimately the grace of God will triumph. The will of God will be done. And as the book of Revelation envisions, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth will sing to God forever and ever around the throne. Of course, given all of the evil that there is in this world, that kind of universal salvation requires a hell. You can't have that ultimate outcome without a hell. A furnace of fire through which people go on their way to redemption. A judgment day which, as we measure time, may take centuries upon centuries upon millennia upon millennia while all the evil is confronted. Every victim is faced. All responsibility is taken and all judgment is done. So that the God who is the God of both justice and mercy can be both throughout all eternity. The God of justice and mercy finally getting what God has always wanted. Every soul God has ever loved, which is every soul who has ever lived, finally healed and home. Not without the fire of judgment, but through the fire of judgment, no matter how long it takes. Judgment, not in the service of perpetual punishment, but judgment in the service of eternal Redemption, which is, at least for me, the only kind of judgment which rings true to the deepest and best that we know of God. 
Amen.